Another Digital Citizen Another Digital Citizen Another Digital Citizen Another Digital Citizen From the Nut House, it's uh, time for another digital citizen. My name is Fro. With me, I have Luke. Hi, Luke. Hi, Fro. Hi, everybody. How's it going? Hi. Are you also in the Nut House? Uh, I live in America. <laughs> that is a yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a uh, very uh, big uh, Nut House. <laughs> Very big nuthouse, yeah. Especially this week. Let's go directly into the news because, I mean, there's so much to talk about. Hey, uh, tell guards members removed from Biden swearing in. All right, which just happened. We, I, Fro just saw it. I woke up right after it yeah. happened, I guess. I'm sure there's still whatever random speeches and things happening, but... Uh, no, the... They are going to uh, the cemetery. Mm. Right, to do the... Right, more ceremonial stuff. Yeah. Right. Uh, which will be happening what is, what most, is, most of the day. What is, what is that cemetery called again? <sighs> right, I, I know what you're talking about, but I, I don't remember yeah. the name of it. Yeah. Um, but there. before this happened, yeah. there was, you know, because of the Capitol uh, riots... There's been like massive presence of military National Guard in Washington yeah. D.C. for this inauguration. Of course, there was not a single protest that happened. So, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I don't know if the protests didn't happen because there were so many uh, military there, or uh, vice versa. The there were so many military there, and, and no protests were ever going to happen. I'm not really sure. What do you think about that? Right. Um, uh, to be honest, it seemed a little too uh, showy, showy. I, I've, I've seen the whole thing, because uh, in Norwegian time, it was actually on a normal uh, timeline. I, I just felt like oh, like they, they weren't even really watching things that was going on it felt like they were more there to like yeah just show themselves almost who um, the police or the national yeah. guard oh, but the i mean national like guard yeah yeah why don't you like i would assume at least like 10 people would show up to protest i i to understand there wasn't I like a single person nothing. right yeah, exactly one uh so, I mean, I'm just wondering, was that a deterrent to those people, or did those people a week ago go, you know what, this isn't worth it? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I think it's more. I, I think it's more the latter. I think it's more like, okay, Trump has even moved out of the White House. I was a little worried, to be honest, that we would get pictures like. Like uh, Capitol Police, like escorting him out. But yeah, no, he went out with his two legs. So, right. I mean, um, they were so worried that they even uh, got rid of twelve National Guard members from the uh, inauguration, from guarding the inauguration after vetting them by the FBI. Uh, 
uh, 12 U.S. National Guard members had been removed from Joe Biden's inauguration uh, from the F- or by the FBI, including two who made extremist statements in posts or texts about the event. Uh, the Pentagon said there was no specific threats to Biden. Uh, two other U.S. officials told the Associated Press that 12 were found to have ties with right-wing militia groups or posted extremist views online. The officials and, and a senior official and an army official uh, did not say whether the fringe groups the Guard members belonged to, uh, what fringe groups the Guard members belonged to, or what unit they served in. Uh, so... That's how worried about the these right-wing extremists they were. They were vetting every single uh, National Guard person who was guarding this inauguration, and even to the point where they found some uh, of these that were actually associated with militia groups. Yeah. I, 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 like, he, he even talked about it in his speech about, like, the... Uh, 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 the, the extremism in the country will like have to stop and things like that. Um, he said it like this is America's day, this is a democracy's day. <laughs> and I was like, okay, cool. And uh, he also said, uh, we have learned again that democracy is precious. And this hour, my friends, democracy has prevailed. Not yet. <laughs> I don't know. Sure. Uh, you, it, you haven't done anything yet. You just got sworn in, so I don't know how that is a thing. But <laughs> This is such a historic moment of crisis and challenges, and unity is the path forward. Great. Yeah. Pl- platitudes. Wonderful. Um, <laughs> but that's, I, I said it before we started recording, too, like, like it was the most boring generic speech I have ever heard in my entire life. Like, it was so, like, uh, at least when Obama and, uh, to a certain degree, Donald Trump delivered his speech, he was kind of with, with passion in his voice and things like that. This was very, like, Robert, Robert Joe... <laughs> delivering a speech uh, was more or less it. I mean, the thing that... I, it's nice to, to move on from Trump. We're going to be able to move on from that. It, sure. It, and it was so easy to criticize Trump for things that he did. Uh, even when he attacked Syria, we would criticize him. And pe- some people thought that that was a bad thing to criticize Trump for, but... Even then, you were like, okay, you could still criticize him. I just fear in in the next four years, it's going to be harder to criticize Biden than it was Trump because of everything we've gone through. If that makes sense. Yeah. People are gonna people are gonna have a harder time uh, following through with uh, holding his feet to the fire because uh, they feel like he's their guy. If that does that definitely. Uh, out of the three people that were there for the halftime show, I have to say that Garth Brooks singing Amazing Grace was maybe the most beautiful thing I have ever heard. Uh, J-Lo was totally okay. Uh, Lady Gaga, for some reason, looked like Katniss Everdeen from The Hunger Games. And she had a golden microphone look. And she was the only one that had this golden microphone for some reason. Maybe it's... Even like, 
is it like her, her her signature thing that she does all the time? I haven't. I don't. I don't I follow Lady no Gaga. Clue. Okay, so then that, <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah. Just assume that that's but, uh, something she always does then. Uh, but yeah, even J Lo and Garth Brooks didn't have their own microphone singing. So, uh, but yeah, it was kind of. Uh, I have to say that the, the halftime show was better than the main event. So. The main event was kind of boring, and that was more or less the swearing in. I mean, nothing very exciting. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's not nothing to talk about. I mean, we are talked no. for months about Biden getting in. Uh, this is just kind of form the formality of it. I'm sure a lot of people are really excited to watch it. It's not. It's not really exciting to watch, right? Not. Not super. No. Uh, hey. Uh, if you thought uh, there was only drama in American politics, well, you're kind of right, but uh, let's go to Norway. Uh, there's a guilty verdict. Uh, what you should know about Norway's extraordinary political scandal, Luke? Tell me about this. I could barely tell you about this because it's so confusing. I think you're going to have to explain it is. this after I kind of go into the beginning part of it, because I'm mm -hmm. confused as to everything involved in this, because there's so many ins and outs, but yeah, a real-life Nordic crime and political drama has gripped Norway on Friday when the court rendered its v verdict. Here's uh, what the story what the story has caused such a stir. For two years, the case against uh, Layla? L Lila? Yeah, Lila, Lila, Lila um, Anita Bartiersen, uh, partner of Norway's ex-minister of just justice, uh, has enthralled mm -hmm. Norway. On Friday, the court delivered a verdict in a case which saw the 55-year-old charged with attacks against democracy and her own home. She was sentenced to one year and eight months in prison. Uh, this case has dominated Norwegian media since 2018 when the house she shared with her partner uh, was vandalized. Since then, a true and bizarre Nordic crime drama has unfolded. It involves a radical left-wing theater troupe, a carefully curated mm -hmm. selection of iconic handbags, accusing mm -hmm. uh, accusations of framing arson and detailed analysis of the word peeing, prominent politicians, and even Prime Minister... Er, Ina Stromberg herself. Yep. It has also yep. raised heated debates about freedom of speech and politics in Norway. Mm -hmm. So what exactly happened here? This lady... <laughs> uh, this is... Okay, I'm going to try to explain it as good as I understand. She, like, vandalized her own house with the yes. racist things uh, yep. and then accused somebody else of doing it? That is uh, entirely uh, true. Uh, the theater group that set up a play about like national security had pictures of very ominent people's um, houses, like the Minister of Justice uh, and uh, this lady's uh, house was in the theater uh, play. So she blamed the theater play for uh, uh, getting car bombed and the racist slurs and things like that. And uh, uh, while that was going on, she was the one that was doing it and nobody else. Right. It says uh, there was a 
big debate over the word weeing, which was in the vandalism, uh, mm -hmm. saying if why would uh, these grown men who were super angry at this lady write the word weeing? Uh, it, right. It just it was not characteristic of somebody who was like super angry. An angry right. adult male would not use that word. That's like a, a word that a child would use, right? Yes. Yeah, no, so, so uh, when, and she also misspelled the word racist <laughs> on her house. Did she, and, do you think she did it on purpose, maybe, to, like, throw off the scent, maybe? Maybe, yeah. Uh, she she uh, had it with a S, two S's instead of a C. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe, the other thing is you can't erase with a spray paint, right? So, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and also a swastika, but uh, I think the most most uh, hard thing was definitely the uh, the threat of like uh, death and the car bombing thing. Like she set her own fucking car on fire. So and she did all this because she didn't like a play. Yeah, that is entirely true. Uh, she was eventually charged with eight counts of attacks on democracy, including arson, vandalism, and threats against government politicians, including her own partner. All right. Yeah. Yeah. And and funny enough, he testified for her, and and in 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 the statement from the court, the court said like, yeah, he lied for her. <laughs> they more or less like, yeah. Uh, uh, the story he told was a figment of imagination. So he, he did he lie her. in court? Is that's like yeah? Okay, so he could yes. get in trouble for that. Yes. Oh, yes. For sure. Yeah. Yes. Uh, something that happened this week, right? Because Trump is out now. Biden, Joe Biden's in, replacing Trump as president, obviously. Uh, but before Trump went out last night, he par pardoned like a hundred and seventy people or something crazy like that. A lot of people. Holy moly. Including Steve, Steve Bannon yeah. and all these other people. Mm -hmm. uh, two people that were not on that list, from Julian Assange, who we talked a lot about whether Trump would pardon him. And, uh, of course, Edward yeah. Snowden was also not on that list. Uh, and Joe Exotic. Oh, and Joe Exotic, right. Uh, yes. Which seemed, apparently, was a bigger deal to the American public than Julian Assange <laughs> and the freedom of press, but sure. Sure, yeah. For, before this happened, Pamela Anderson uh, came out in a statement to Donald Trump uh, to try to get him to pardon Julian Assange. Uh, former Baywatch star Pamela Anderson called on the outgoing president, Donald Trump, to give... Julian Assange, a presidential pardon. The WikiLeaks founder is currently in Belmarsh Prison in the UK. Uh, speaking to Good Morning Britain, uh, Pamela Anderson claimed that she had access to Trump and was trying to persuade him to extend a pardon to Assange. Uh, I know that I'm in his ear, she said. I know he is debating it, and we will see what happens. He, he has until midday on the 20th, and I hope he makes the decision because I think that could add a, a could add a positive to his legacy, right? <laughs> yeah. If he, I, it could have been one good thing he did the whole time, right? Oh, de definitely. I think it would be definitely one of the best things that was done during the 
four years of his uh, presidency. Well, it will never ever fucking happen now. That's for sure. Right, not with uh, Joe Biden in there. No, I just yeah. If if Biden does it, I will I will eat my share. I was reading last night. People were following this uh, on Twitter. Different um, journalists. And I was following two specific journalists, and one of them said last night, I was reading it at like one in the morning, West Coast time, that uh, mm -hmm. even at that point, Trump was still mull mulling over whether, uh, it, right up to the last minute, uh, Ju the Julian Assange and Edward Snowden, whether, did not, whether or not right. to give them pardons, but there were apparently people in his ear in the administration who were against it. So I think maybe Trump would have done it if people weren't in his, in his ear, but I don't know. I could be wrong. Yeah, we don't have any proof for that, for us, so that would be... <laughs> the one thing that makes me think he would have done it is Pamela Anderson was in his ear. Like, sure. very similar to the Kim Kardashian thing, where he she got in his ear and he was she got him yeah. to pardon a bunch of uh, crim uh, people who were in jail for way too long, and he ended up... I mean, that was one good thing Trump did. With the whole Kim Kardashian pardoning of the oh, yeah. criminals things, that was that was a good thing. Oh, oh yeah. Like I said, uh, there 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 are things that I I, I like with his presidency. Like there was less war under his four years than it was under Obama. Like nobody can deny that. Right. I mean, people right. would, but yeah. Right. But <laughs> but it's is, not true. Fact, fact is fact. Yeah. There was less war, and I, 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 I have gone back and forward with this, but I, I think him visiting uh, North Korea's leader was a good thing. I have come to the conclusion that I think that uh, I think that so was too. Smart. Yeah, yeah. It um, opened up communication that that we didn't have before. Uh, yeah, people disagreed but, with it at the time for sure. But I think it's opened oh, yeah, no. up a line of communication that we didn't have with that country before. Um, I'm trying to think, is there more? No, I think that was pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was this time that he served McDonald's to all the pl football players. That was fun. That was funny, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, we did Kofifi, remember that? I mean, there was a lot of funny things. I don't know if those are good. Uh <laughs> <laughs> oh, we shouldn't talk about this because we will, will soon be a conspiracy podcast. Oh, wait, we already are a conspiracy podcast? I mean, yeah. I mean, we talk about conspiracies, but uh, <laughs> are we a conspiracy podcast, right? Or are, oh, people would definitely, definitely think so. <laughs> or are we a, a conspiracy debunking podcast? Because I would say mostly that's what we do <laughs> when we talk about conspiracies, and most uh, of the time we're debunking yeah, them. Yeah, but I, I have, I, I think we've been called conspiracy theorists on this podcast, maybe. Oh yeah, for sure. Maybe? Because if you maybe? talk about a conspiracy theory, that means you're a conspiracy theorist, right? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it seems like another thing we've talked about in the past is. Uh, them, you know, the, there's censorship of YouTube and all these other places, and we're like, eventually they're gonna come for podcasts. Well, yeah, this week, uh, it, it, according to Business Insider, Apple, Google, and Spotify are ho hosting podcasts by Trump conspiracy conspiracists and extremists. 
Mm, conspiracy theorists and pro-Trump extremists are using podcasts hosted on mainstream tech platforms to push misinformation despite the widespread crackdown on individual social media accounts. Uh, The AP first reported that podcasts on Apple, Spotify, and Google are peddling claims that the U.S. election was rigged and that the January 6th Capitol riots were staged, among other claims. Insider likewise found podcasts easily available on all three platforms that claim that Joe Biden's win was a fraud. Uh, The AP found another podcast which said in one episode that the Capitol riots... uh, of the Capitol riots, we the people, we we the storm, we, we are coming to D.C. Uh, so, the on- it, it, this is the thing. It says the ongoing availability of these podca- podcasts contracts with the strict stance taken by several major tech firms to crack down on social media accounts pushing uh, conspiracies or apps peddling hate in the wake of the Capitol riots. So because- I will tell you why this is, by the way, after we we were done with this. It's very easy. <laughs> I mean, I think we're pretty much done with it. Uh, I, yeah. I was going to just say, uh, so what's happening is because of the capital riots and the crackdown on social media, uh, specifically things that we talked about last week with Trump getting banned from Twitter, a lot of people getting banned from Twitter and mm. different other places, Parler uh, basically disappearing off the internet... Uh, now, because of all of this, now they're coming for podcasting because they feel like it's an un—it's not regulated enough, apparently. Well, it's definitely not regulated, and and that—that's kind of like uh, I don't know if I'm going to call it the problem because I don't really think it's a problem, but uh, there's six trillion podcasts out there. Like, there is no way in hell. You can you can uh, control all the podcasts. Like there's there's at least like a, a thousand new podcasts each day, like coming up. I'm not even getting like I. It's like uh, starting a podcast. When we started a podcast, it was kind of like in the beginning, like well, not really the beginning. I would say. It was in the middle. It, it was before, Mid- like... Middle beginning. Right. It was before every new giant major news outlet uh, right. anchor had a had a, their own podcast. Right. Right. And then we saw this blast of podcasting. All of a sudden, like, everybody was podcasting. Like, we, we talked about it when we talked about the Dana White show. Uh, Dana White uh, show? What? Not Dana White. Oh, what Dana Warrior. Dana Warrior. <laughs> I bet you by now Dana White has a podcast. Though. I mean, everybody and their mom has a podcast. Hillary Clinton has a podcast. That yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. Uh, this week she said that she insinuated that the Capitol riots could have been caused by Russia on her podcast this week, by the way. Sure. Yeah, it's always Russia. Don't, don't ever forget that. I mean, every, uh, yeah, like, no. it's just, there was a point where podcasting was, like, done by podcasters, and that's who they, yeah. like, and now podcasts are done by celebrities who yeah. have their own, whatever, Stone Cold, I think when Stone Cold got his podcast, <laughs> that, that's when all these other celebrities, like, it seemed like that was the moment everybody 
uh, who was had some kind of name for themselves started using mm-hmm. podcasting uh, as a way to m- make money. I don't know if that ruined podcasting, but it definitely changed the layout of podcasting. I think it's ruined podcasting, to be honest. But that's my personal opinion about it. Like, I, I, I literally think there's too many podcasts. As oh, there definitely is. As podcasts. <laughs> I, I think what ruined it is that the, there are people that got into podcasting not because they wanted to get into... Not because they wanted to make a good podcast, but because they already had right. a, a name for themselves and they, using their na- their brand, they could attract yeah. sponsorship. And so they're like, well, I'll just do that because I have a name for myself. Not, not that yeah. I have anything important to say or anything important that I really want to get across to people, right? Yeah. No, no, nobody can come and say, and we did that at least. Like, nobody fucking knows who, who we are. So we didn't start because we wanted to become rich and famous. And I think that, <laughs> that also is a thing that kind of hurt podcasting is that once all these people who were already rich and famous and well-known, yeah. they kind of took yeah. away audiences from people that were just well-known for being a podcaster. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. The people who were already Mark, more Mark, well-known... Yeah. Sorry, what? Yeah. No, Mark Marin comes to mind. Right, he just kind of disappeared off the earth. Yeah. Right, yeah. after... I mean, he got his own TV show and then just disappeared. Sure. <laughs> right. Yeah. But that, that's the first like podcaster that comes to mind that was kind of eliminated by by the uh, the inflection of of podcasting. And also, I think the interest of serial the podcast serial. I think that also created a lot of new podcasts. Definitely a bunch of true crime podcasts. Like there are so many true crime podcasts out there for every fucking single case in the world. And I guess getting back to the story, so you think the influx yeah. of so many podcasts is the reason? Yes. Uh, it, I mean, of course, these two. There's two articles out: Business Insider and Associated Press. Like I said, mm-hmm. both yeah. articles are calling for a crackdown on podcasts because of hate speech. Is what they're talking about. But it is. It, it is impossible. It is. Well, what it, they're okay. So what they're yeah. calling on here, Fro, is it. it in not so specific terms, but what they're what they're suggesting is Apple, Spotify, and Google need to crack down, and uh, they don't say it, but what I'm assuming is they're going to want Apple, Spotify, and Google to verify users, just like all these other websites, so that and then d- delete all the podcasts that aren't verified. Well. That you, will be fun. You know what I'm saying, though. Like that's how yeah, yeah, that's yeah. you're saying. There's yeah. no way to enforce it. That's how they're going to enforce it. Um, yeah. I mean, the only we're on Apple and Spotify, but would that affect us on SoundCloud? We don't know yet. It that, but I feel I like in the, so. this is going to be a story yeah. that we're going to be following over the next year, uh, and it's going to get uh, more bigger and bigger. So, yeah, and we will not stop talking about stuff just because we're told not to talk about it. I mean, have that ever, ever stopped us? <laughs> I don't think so. Well, I mean, uh, yeah. who's going to tell us to stop is, is the question. Is it going to be SoundCloud? Is it going to be Apple? Right, exactly. I don't know. Uh, let's go back to Norway. Uh, Norway investigates death uh, um, because uh, elderly vaccine representatives are dying. 
or some of them. Yeah, I should say. a lot of anti-vaxxer people in America here are pointing to this as like a, yeah. oh, look, we told you so kind of thing. Uh, mm -hmm. Authorities in Norway are investigating mm -hmm. the death of 23 frail elderly pa patients who received the Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine. Most experts have said there's no need for alarm uh, with the fatalities in this group. Uh, which are most likely a coincidence. According to a report yeah. in the British Med Medical Journal, 13 deaths have so far been investiga investigated, and authorities have concluded that common adverse reactions to the vaccine, such as fever, nausea, and diarrhea, may have contributed to the deaths. Again, these were very el frail elderly people. So they had a... It sounds like yeah, they had I mean, a reaction to the drug, and that was enough yeah. to... yeah. I mean, even the medical director of the Norwegian Medicine Agency, Steinar Matsen, he said uh, it may be a coincidence, but we aren't sure. There's certain no connection between these deaths and the vaccine. There's a possibility that it is a common adverse reaction, that they are not dangerous in fitter, younger patients, and it's not usual unusual with the vaccine, uh, aggravate underlying disease in elderly, he said. And we're not alarmed or worried about this because these are very rare, very rare occurrence and they occurred in very frail patients with very serious disease. I, I have to underline that. We're just asking doctors to continue with vaccination, but to carry out with extra elevation for uh, very sick people that uh, whose underlying conditions may be aggravating by it. It says the Norwegian medicine, Norwegian medicines agency. Okay, I guess that's Noma. Uh, confirms mm -hmm. that the number of incidents so far is not alarming and is in line with expectations. Okay, so yeah. although it is kind of it's very sad. Number one and it's super sad. It's a yeah. big story because the uh, anti-vax people are going to use it as a a point of contention in the future. They're going to say, hey, yes. they're going to point out our, this article to pe people and go, yeah, but what about this? See, I told you. What about this? Yeah. Um, yeah. But according to them, according to Norway, it's in line with the expectations of, uh, of the trials that were done previously of this vaccine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, so... Yeah, no. I, 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 I understand that people went bananas crazy over this, but, but they're like, yeah, anti-vaxxers are using this as a, the gold medal, like, this is... This is the proof! This is the yeah. proof, right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And that is what I find maybe the it's most the smoking gun that they've been waiting for. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe I find, I find that very scary. Maybe they, when they send me the vaccine fro, they can just drone, send a drone, and just drop it in my front yard, <laughs> and then I won't have to go. Yeah, I won't have to go there and like yeah. have somebody do it and go possibly be infected while I'm trying to get a vaccine. Uh, because the FAA has given approval for commercial drones, Fro. This is going to be a shitstorm. <laughs> I mean, this is the first time they've done it. Uh, yeah. This means 
autonomous deliveries by companies like Amazon are one step closer to reality. The Federal Aviation Administration on Friday finalized rules to allow fully automated drones to fly over people, uh, moving drones uh, a step closer for commercial use. Uh, the first commercial use will be outside of cities, uh, with drones helping in industrial and agricultural jobs, said the American Robotics said American Robotics, the first company to get approval for this. Not all commercial drones will be able to operate autonomously, so some of them will be operating autonomously. Uh, right. Decades worth of promise and projection are finally coming to fruition, uh, said the CEO of American Robotics. Yeah. It says four categories of commercial drones can fly over people, according to the FAA. The rules won't immediately open up city skies for deliveries like companies... Uh, like companies, uh, oh, companies like Amazon, but they are at least a step in the right direction. So it sounds like the wrong direction. (laughs) It sounds like they're going to use them for things like, uh, agricultural, meaning like, I don't know, watering plants. Like, what do you, what is this drone going to be doing? I have no clue. I think like maybe like spreading shit. On, like, fields, maybe? Yeah, maybe, like, know. instead of a scarecrow, you just have a drone that's programmed <laughs> to scare <laughs> scare away birds. Yeah. It just flies around and, like, scares birds away from your crops. That could be a cool uh, thing, actually. That reminds me of something. You, you've seen a rumba, right? Well, like a, a vacuum, robot vacuum? Yeah, the, yeah, the vacuum sure. thing. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> they have this, like... Huge rumbas at the hospital that always goes like back and forth, back and forth. Like they, I, they are not rumba, but, but but I'm using that for you to understand. They are maybe like ten times bigger than a normal rumba, and they make that like most irritating sound in the world. And, and I was thinking about this when you were talking about scarecrows because. Uh, one of the patients uh, has a dog, and they had their dog with them one of the days. Like it's allowed to have dogs like in in the room and things like that, like just to visit for like a little like short while. There's no like animal hospital; you can't keep the dog there, but you you can like have a visit by a dog. <laughs> and the dog didn't want to come inside because of this rumba making so such weird noises. They had to carry this rottweiler from the entrance of the hospital into the patient's room because they were so scared of the rumba. Huh. Yeah, it must make yeah. a loud noise then. Hmm. <laughs> it makes like like that. <laughs> okay. That, yeah. Yeah. Uh, hey. Um. This uh, week on Frenemies, uh, our, our favorite podcast, uh, Trisha Paytas uh, uh, came out with her new video about 2005 uh, uh, with her new emo band. Uh, but I was thinking. Maybe this woman that was ruled that in 2017 could start an emo band. Because she fights to be declared alive. Or is she a zombie? 
Okay. Uh, <laughs> that was a weird uh, uh, transition, but a uh, French woman, Janine Puchain? Puchain. Uh, has an unusual problem. She's officially <laughs> dead. Yeah. Uh, she's yeah. been trying for three years to prove she's alive. Uh, okay. <laughs> you think that being alive would prove that she's alive, but uh, the 58 year old woman says she lives in constant fear. <laughs> Not daring to leave her house in the village of St. Joseph, uh, the authority, authorities have seized her car over unpaid debts. She contests, and which is at the center of her trouble. She fears her family's f- furniture will be next. Her status has prevented her and her husband, who is her legal beneficiary, along with her son, from using their bank account. Being declared deceased has deprived her of other crit- critical amenities. Uh, the status ha- ha- as de- deceased is a result of a 2017 court decision that deemed her dead, even though no death certificate was produced. The decision came at the end of a legal dispute dispute with an employee of her former cleaning company who was seeking compensation after losing her job 20 years ago. Yeah, I feel so sorry for this lady. You have no fucking clue. That that was why I was thinking like listening to my chemical romance would be nice for her. <laughs> things like that. Like I, she says it even like she she said like I no longer exist. I don't do anything. I sit on the veranda and wait. Uh, and right, I she called the a situation macabre. Of course, it's macabre. It is so atrocious. Like, wouldn't it be a very easy procedure? Like, I go to my doctor. She, my doctor says I'm not dead. Voila. That you would think that you could just get a doctor's note, right? But it says, yeah. Uh, her attorney and her uh, say that the ju- uh, the two judicial errors ending with the 2017 ruling by the appeals court. Uh, that said she was not living. This legal imburglio is all the stranger because uh, neither she nor her relatives received a summons for the for said hearing. Okay, so she wasn't even there to defend herself when they told when they decided she was uh, dead. Ah, uh, okay. But yeah, she's fighting it. So we'll see what happens uh, in the future if. If they decide she's alive, <laughs> uh, I feel so sorry for it. It's, it's absurd. It reminds me of that man that lived in the airport his whole life. Have you ever heard of that story? Uh, it sounds familiar. Uh, remind me. Yeah, there, there's a documentary uh, on YouTube about him, uh, and the movie Terminal with Tom Hanks is based on his life. Oh, okay. He lived in the term terminal because like uh, he didn't have any state ship like to any country and like he had to live in Charles de Gaulle his whole life it's kind of a sad story it, it reminds me of that yeah hey we have to uh, have talked about the Q shaman before uh, there's a New Yorker that followed him carrying the spear of destiny look uh, should we watch this the New Yorker is the magazine The New Yorker, fro, not a New Yorker oh. followed him. <laughs> How the 
you know, am I supposed to know? <laughs> okay. In three, two, one, go. <laughs> so they're like searching through document. This is like. He says, I think Cruz would have wanted us to do this. Talking about Ted Cruz. Yeah, to now. Look at the security guard. Like, like, just looking at him. Like He's just walking. Well, yeah, just yeah. wait till we get towards the end of the clip and you'll see even more. With the, uh, It's not a security guard. That's a police officer. From. <laughs> I got shot in the face. Twice. Twice. We will. I've been making sure that ain't Come on. Come on. Did you hear what he's... This is like the sacredest place, guys. Wow. <laughs> he's just standing there like nothing happens. Yeah, wait. He's about to explain why in just like two seconds. You should be stopping us. <laughs> and the cop goes, one, two, three, four, five, one. And suggesting, I'm not going to be stopping you. <laughs> yeah. That is a... Come on, man. It is an argument. But don't you have something on your hips called a fucking gun? It's only a matter of time. Justice is coming. Because you would be so much calmer if this was a Black Lives Matter riot. Yeah, he just didn't. He was just standing there, watching over, being like, "Hey guys, this is super. This is like super sacred. Can you just like chill?" And then they like go there, they like, take the they take there. some pictures, and he's like, "Okay, you took your pictures. It's time to go now. It's can you guys can you guys kind of go go away." It, it was like he was dealing with skateboarders who were, like, skating <laughs> yeah. the stairs outside of, like, the mall, not some people yeah. who were invading the Capitol building. Wow. Well, I guess that's something. I guess that's something. <laughs> right, yeah. Hey, uh, Tron. Uh, Tron is really on fire this week. Uh... I have uh, heard him curse a lot. Uh, well, he curses a lot in this uh, segment. But uh, Tron tells the truth about a new era. This is Tron with Tron tells the truth. Hallelujah, people. The motherfucker is gone. President Golden Shower. President Fuck for Brains. The cocksucker. The last liquor. Mr. Grab your fucking pussy rapist motherfucking shit fuck ass. We are rid of him after four years. Well, America, thank you for four exhausting years. Thank you for four years that I will never fucking get back. Because people thought that Hillary was the same thing. Yeah. Have you learned now, motherfuckers? Well, we haven't learned. Because the storm of the capital showed that things are getting worse. A lot worse. And it can be even worse. 
you do you remember the town hall queue? No, the town hall queue was like Adolf Hitler the first time he tried to get the power. He was stopped and was put in jail. But he was let, while he was in jail, he wrote the book called Mein Kampf, and after that, yes, the rest is history. He was stopped in his first attempt. The attack on Washington was the first attempt. But do you really think a lot of fucking crazy assholes who cannot see the difference between the mother's sister and the daughter really gonna stop? No, they're gonna keep on fucking the system up, and they're gonna take a lot of lives with them. When I'm reading this, over 400,000 people had died of the pandemic. Well, in the forefront, most democratic uh, beacon leader of the world, it died more people than anyone else's country. It, more people died of COVID-19 in the United States than in China. Yes, China has one billion people, so you know what I'm getting at. In Norway, we haven't reached Townsend yet, but okay, we're only five million. These four last years have been a fight against reason, science, intelligence, and fucking normality. And press freedom. So what you can get now is fascism. If you think Biden is going to bring you to the next level, he's not. Because the power in society, everywhere you look, even from every street, has this what we have done for so much long, long time, people, is ignoring a lot of things. Yes, not able to talk to people for a long time. We, we think we are, I don't know, anymore. But before, I know maybe this transformative doesn't add up as it usually does, but I'm exhausted right now. I'm exhausted, and a lot of other people are exhausted. We're in a pandemic. It's a lockdown. People, I haven't seen people I love for a long time, and people are dying. All this with all kinds of bullshit. There are still people who think the better not to do anything than to do something. There are still people who think that if I can't get the best, I won't handle the second best for a little while. Yeah. When it comes to your love life, you should never take the second best. But when it comes to government, you sometimes have to do that. Because it is a long way from a shitty government and fascism. I'd rather have a shitty government for four years than fascism for four years. Because a shitty government you can replace. When fascism established, you can never get rid of it. Think about that. Isn't new election again in two years? In Norway, we have an election in September. And there's going to be a more, hell of a more, lot of more elections in the future. I hope you think about this. Because if you think this is the end of an era, no, this is just the beginning of the shit show. The rest is going to even worse or even better. That's up to you. This was Tron, but Tron tells the truth. This is the last time I talk about that fucking shit and stinky president in these four years. Now I'm gonna have fun with Biden. Oh God, I'm looking forward to that. Goodbye. Thank you, Cursing Tron.
I think that's his new name now, Cursing Trump. I think this was an exceptionally cursy, an exceptionally foul. <laughs> Tron tells the truth, but I'm fine. I mean, I don't, I don't mind cursing, but I don't mind either. No, I don't really care. Uh, if you want to curse at us, you can send it to another digital citizen at gmail.com. That's another digital citizen at gmail.com. Hey, uh, we didn't do it in the beginning, so let's do it now. How's your week been? Uh, pretty busy. Uh, it's been yeah. nice here. Uh, I've just been working outside uh, a lot. That's nice. Yeah. Uh, it's been ni- it's been nice and sunny, but then at night it's been getting super duper cold. So it's a it's a mix of good weather and bad weather here. But mostly just yeah, I've been staying busy. Kind of slow I news have... week compared to like the last few weeks. I think oh, last week I spent whatever probably twenty five to thirty percent of my time just watching news. And this week I kind of tried yeah. to avoid watching news. So I think my it, it made my life less stressful. <laughs> Uh, you hit your head this week. I've heard some rumors up since you told me. I mean, that's the rumors. That's the rumors, the rumors that, that I told you that. Yeah. No, I just yes. I just hit my head. It's nothing crazy to talk about. Oh, it's I not like I needed so stitches or anything. I just hit my head. <laughs> I met. Uh, well, yeah, I told you. Well, now I can tell you that I told. I met the dog. I love dogs. So I got to, to meet the dog. Uh, uh, it was very, very excited to see me. I'm a, I, I am very much a dog person because there, I think it was at least five or six people inside the room. Mm-hmm. And the dog came directly to me, like, you wanted, like, to cuddle me. Huh. Yeah. Either that or I smell like duck food. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> right. No, dog, I mean, dogs are generally uh, pretty perceptive, yeah. so who knows? Who yeah. knows? I love dogs. Uh, have you seen any TV shows about the dog this week, Luke? That's a good question. Did It would be awesome if I actually did see a... Oh my gosh, I did see a show called Coyote. Oh my god, that is very close. But it's talking about, like, the coyote, who the people who... Uh, take people across the border from Mexico into right. America, that kind of coyote. I, I really, really, really want to see this show because uh, the main actor is uh, from uh, one of my favorite TV shows of all time. Uh, yeah. Uh, the Wire. Chickless. Not What's his Wire. name? Yeah. Uh, Michael. Chiklis. Michael Chickless, right. He's pretty yeah. good in it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm... I, I saw the first two episodes so far. I, I think I'll probably watch a few more episodes. It's got a very interesting mm. story. It's about a border patrol agent who retires. He he's a board, like an he's a border patrol person who retires and decides that he's going to retire and move to Mexico, which is kind of a mm. not really a smart move in my mind. No. But um, he does that, and then. Uh, he moves there to build a house on the beach and everything so he can live there, you know, super chill life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then in this little small town, uh, there's a roving gang uh, of, you know, drug dealers or whatever, and they kidnap him, kind of, and they want him to work for them, and they're threatening his family. So that's what it's about. Um, and, you know, this guy worked for the Border Patrol, so he knows all the secrets of the Border Patrol that they don't know. So they want his information, mm. right? 
so that's what the show's about. It was pretty good. Uh, he's very good in it. All the other actors are very good. It kind of has a very um, network television feel and look to it. That's kind of a negative. But, um, mm. and it it's, I don't want to say, it's kind of strangely pro-Border Patrol, but at the same time, uh, showing the behind the scenes of, like, why the why the Border Patrol is necessary, but also why it's bad. Does that make sense? Like, how, yeah, it, yeah. how it hurts people in Mexico, but at the same time, why it's necessary. It's very weird like that. Overall, I'll give it a 6.5, with the potential of it going higher as I see more episodes. Yeah, this, this is on the top of my list uh, when I come home, actually, because, like I said, I have had this... On on there because it's not the wire. He's uh, the shield. The shield. The shield. Right. I could yes. have sworn it was it was the wire, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I get those shows uh, sometimes a little mixed up. I get those two yeah. and twenty four mixed up. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But yeah, no. The shield is one of my favorite TV shows of all time. Uh, I know uh, where he plays a corrupt. And after that, I have seen everything he's in, even those, uh, uh, um, uh, was it Amazing 7 he was in? Uh, you I remember? Uh, where he played the brick guy? Oh, where he's the, the thing. Uh, yes. Fantastic the Four. Fantastic Five? Fantastic Four. 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 Five? Six? Yeah, I mean, he, if you've seen The Shield... The character he yeah. plays in that, and basically every other time he's played a cop in any TV show or yes. movie, he's the same <laughs> character in this in this movie. So, yeah. Okay. Or this series, yeah. Yeah, he's so, kind of pigeon. Fun. He's pigeonholed kind of a little bit as an actor into that cop role, but you know he's good yeah. at it, so that's fine. Cool. Uh, I saw Bling Empire this week on Netflix. Okay. This is a reality show. Uh, that for some reason got me. I have no clue. I saw all eight episodes. I would probably be two episodes and I'm out if something in episode two didn't happen. There was this cliffhanger in the, well, or was it? Yeah, at least it was. It was. I think it has to be two. Yeah. Uh, there was this cliffhanger that that uh, that kind of like. It went absolutely nowhere in the six other episodes. So I was kind of fucking pissed when I was done with this. I was like, they didn't answer the one single question I really, really, really wanted to know. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is shit to show. Uh, I will give it a three, even though I saw all of it. And it's about... The, the people who make the Bedazzler? What is this about? It's very rich Asians uh, coming together and using a lot of money what, in Los Angeles. What does the name have to do with that? Uh, because they use a lot of bling. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Jewelry. Mm. Yeah. Oh, it's about jewelry. Okay. So are they jewelry right. salespeople or what? No. They are just buying a lot of jewelry, and ninety percent. Wait, they're just customers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> How is that a show? It's a show about people who buy things. 
Like if you, if it was a show about the de- the people who deal jewelry, that would make sense. No. no. Whatever. It's That's the dumbest the thing I've ever heard. It is. It is the dumbest TV show you have, will ever see if you ever see it. I would rather yeah. see a, uh, a reality show about the person who created the bedazzler no, uh, no, rhinestone no, no. tool. That's what I want to see. Uh, right. uh, okay. And there's this obviously very gay guy that uh, everybody knows is gay on the show that uh, doesn't come out. That is maybe also another thing. Or at least he show. hasn't yet. Okay. Right. Uh, I saw Prodigal Son Season 2 Episode 1 this week. Oh, I am so looking forward to seeing this. Right, you... You, you saw the end of season one, right? Yes. Yeah, I loved season one. Right, it did, was almost. I think almost the middle of season one kind of like kind of yeah. kind of became lack, lackluster. It started to feel very, yeah. uh, very standard network crime dra- crime drama. But then the yeah the yeah. cliffhanger of the end of it, uh, which I don't even want to spoil because if people haven't seen oh. it, it's such a good cliffhanger. Even though it's a year old, go yeah. back and watch it. Uh, they do a good job, I think, in this uh, season two, episode one, of following up on the cliffhanger. Um, they give a bunch of backstory into why what happened, kind of after uh, the end of season two, and in between this first uh, murder mystery in season or at the end of season one, right. and this first murder mystery into season two. Um, if people haven't seen this, it's about a, a guy who's a profiler for the police who profiles serial killers and the reason he's an amazing serial killer profile is because he is a serial killer basically wow his dad is right and it, it the show kind of suggests that because his dad is he has serial killer tendencies and that's yes. what gives him his ability and, to and... understand serial killers better than a normal person would right definitely yeah Overall, season two, episode one, I'm going to give a seven. It was a fun one. Uh, you know, it's always got a different uh, crime drama element to it, and this one, it, it had a fun one. Cool. Tell me uh, about something else you saw. Uh, Call Your Mother, uh, oh. Fro, was a sitcom that came out this week. Uh, with it sure Kira- was, because it was the second thing I saw this week. <laughs> with Kira Sedgwick in it. Yes. Why don't you go into what what you thought about it? And it's it's not a comedy show because guess what? It's not funny. Did you find this at all funny? Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> so probably not. I don't remember any like jokes <laughs> that I laughed at. If that's the right. <laughs> that is the question. Yeah, though. It is just so freaking boring and nothing. I didn't think you seen this, so it's so, like, ugh. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Uh, I I thought we talked about it, but okay. Uh, But it's about a a woman whose daughter and son, like, leave uh, and move across. They move to California, and she lives somewhere in the Midwest or something. Uh, Right. I know why I've seen this. What? You recommended this to... Well, we talked about it on Monday. Right, okay. I thought we had talked about it. Right, okay. Uh, yes, I re- remember it now that you said, I thought we, thought we talked about this. And I was like, yes, we did. 
I didn't. Yeah, okay. I didn't know if you had seen it at that point or not. Uh, no, no, I hadn't. Where was I? Right, and she, her daughter and son move across the country, basically, and she's missing them. Her mm. husband has died, and she's what an overly. She's the helicopter mom who shows up. Yes. from across the country because they didn't answer the phone in time. Right. right? That's yes. the premise. And then it sound, It looks like from episode one, she's going to move to California and it's going to be the wacky comedy where they're trying to just live their lives, but their overly uh, protective mother is always getting in their way. Whack, waka, waka waka. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, I, I think... I will give it this. I will give it this. Some of the actors are good. Some. Some. Uh, I yes. mean, sure. I just think uh, nobody really has a chance to do anything really great no. as far as acting because it is just a really crappy sitcom, right? And I think the the main character, uh, whoever, what's her name that plays the main character again? Kira Sedgwick. Kira Sedgwick, yeah. Like, I I, I think if she was a little better uh, as well. No, I don't think she fits this role at all. I think she she doesn't, doesn't. as an actress, it's not like a role that she fits into very well, in my opinion. But, I mean, I've seen her be like a cop before all these different things. Yeah. And like, she's, she's worked in a lot of different roles. This is a role that just doesn't yeah. work for her. I, I totally agree. I couldn't agree more actually. Okay. I saw oh. another thing on Hulu. Okay. Uh, it's called everyone is doing great. Oh, I really want to see this. I hope it's good. It's not. Uh, <laughs> oh, apparently this is a actually, from like 2018 or something. Um, yeah. Like it's an older show, but it just got picked up uh, by Hulu. Uh, it's it's about two fit like kind of failing actors in Los Angeles and them trying mm-hmm. to get their careers going again. Um, that's all it's really about. It's not really, <laughs> there's nothing really. Really? Yeah, I, I didn't really laugh all that much. It's more of a drama than it is a comedy, even though it's kind of trying to be a comedy. Um, the jokes just, they didn't land for me. The acting is is decent, you know, but it's very kind of bland and boring. Uh, overall, I give it a 4.5. I really like Stephen Colette, uh, like uh, and James Lafferty as well. So I think that's one of the reasons why I wanted to see this. I mean, in the first episode, at least, it's clear they were going for that because there's a lot of uh, shirtless time for these two actors. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but uh, it's also, uh, do they talk a lot about Eternal, the the television show? Yeah. Okay, so... I mean, it comes maybe. up quite a bit as far as, like, them... like. In one scene, he goes to like an audition, and he's like, "Oh, I I was on this show," and the uh, casting director is like, "What show? Right. Oh, I've never heard of that show." Okay, you were on a show I've never heard of. Great. Okay, yeah, that kind of right. thing. Right. So, so I, I uh, it's called Vampire uh, Vampire Diaries. No, 
something something like that where, where both of them were before. I don't remember that, but they just renamed it. Uh, I think yeah. it is supposed to be kind of like oh, people that knows people. It's one of those shows where it's a TV show about making TV shows or a movie about yeah. making movies, and those those kind of things I'm never really a fan of. Oh, uh, that's too bad. Uh, anything else? No, that was all the TV we that I saw, except for the Stand episode five. Yeah, that was a very good episode. Uh, episode five: Fear and Loathing in New Vegas. Nadine and Harold's dark intentions continued to take shape. Meanwhile, the committee's spies entrenched themselves in New Vegas, where Flag is building his own society, where officially sanctioned sin and debauchery disguises a ruthless enforced order. Back in Boulder, Franny hatches a plan to confirm her suspicions of Harold, while Mother Abigail seeks divine counsel. Okay. Hmm. Uh, that pretty much described this episode. The one thing that yeah. kind of I didn't like about this episode, this was definitely the best episode of the series so far. Oh, but the one thing I, I didn't like was we skipped from the end of last episode. They were talking yes. about going to Vegas. And then in the, this then episode, we we're just, Vegas. we're yeah. there. They're, and they're already implanted. We didn't see them, like, implant themselves. We didn't, we just skipped, like, a whole big section of time. <laughs> I, I like that. Sure, I'm just... Uh, it I, I, just... Yeah. It, especially in the past episodes where we're jumping through time a lot uh, in, the, yeah. in the past episodes. And this episode, we didn't really do any time jump except for that. And it made it and feel kind so of just nice. like... This is like a whole different show. That I don't know. Um, mm. I would have liked okay. for them to... If they were going to jump through time in other episodes, in this episode, mm. do a flashback where they show us them, you know, implanting themselves in into New Vegas. And it wouldn't have even ha- okay. had to have been that long of a flashback. It just, it definitely feels like there's no continuity be- between episodes. Like, each episode is directed by a whole different person and things like that, yeah. Hmm, okay. Yeah, but like you said, it was just so much. I love it uh, when uh, they gave space for evil to kind of like have their place in shows and that's what I felt here is like we we got to see the evil side more and that was very liberating and also it was a very good cool cliffhanger that was very cool uh, I mean it's just I really really love this episode this is going to get my, my highest rating so far so far I will give this a 9 actually Okay, yeah, I just went back to ch- double-check to see. The first two episodes were directed by the same two people, and all the rest of the episodes so far have been directed by different people, and all the rest of the episodes okay. are going to be directed by different people, so... Mm, that's not a good thing. Well, it, but, uh, what... it just is what it is. It's part of network television. It's what they do, you know? Main topic time, Luke. Uh... We have listened to uh, the main topics of three of our shows. We will talk about uh, uh, Bill Cooper, Alex Jones, and QAnon in that order. Uh, we did it because uh, Bill Cooper was kind of the, I would call, the godfather of both Alex Jones and QAnon. 
uh, yeah, I would say the godfather of QAnon conspiracy. It's a funny because I even sent you a, a video from the Young Turks this week where a lady on yeah. there says that Alex Jones is the godfather of conspiracy theories and QAnon. Well, but right, but Bill Cooper is the godfather of Alex Jones. You know, by, by deduction, yeah. that makes Bill Cooper the godfather of QAnon. I guess right. I think the reason we're covering these this week, week is because we covered them in the past. I think I, since everything that's happened uh, at the Capitol and so many people now know more about QAnon than they did when we did it in episode one hundred and thirty-three. You know, two years ago. I think it was. I think it was fun to go back and kind of see uh, what happened, where our mindset was then, and if it's changed. Honestly, it hasn't all that much. But let's start, like you said, with Bill Cooper. Yeah, and I'm. I'm. I have some questions for you here. Uh, Let's start with question one. I mean, they're kind of questions we asked ourselves as we were listening back to this. Yeah. Uh. We talked about this. Uh, how does uh, Bill Cooper real uh, relate to current politics? Do you think? Well, we kind of talked about it, but yeah, he was kind of the godfather of all these ideas with his book. Uh, yeah, Behold a Pale Horse was kind of the. Uh, it's kind of the Bible of QAnon conspiracy, almost. If you read it, yeah. right? And we have read it both, me and Luke. Uh, it's a terrible book. Uh, <laughs> I don't recommend it. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, it is very interesting. That that's for sure. I I think I think one of the things that surprised me that we 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 covered as well was kind of like uh, because this is this is uh, uh, an episode very long before we talk about Alex Jones and you said in the episode. Uh, uh, to and I'm not quoting you here, but you said like in that episode, uh, like uh, he has kind of been overlooked, and I feel I feel the same now, especially because we we're talking about like current politics. There's nobody that talks about Bill Cooper in current current politics. Well, he is, you know, it's a a relic of the '90s, kind of almost. Or you know, sure. early late nineties. I guess early nineties through the early two thousands, kind of is where he was from. I mean, as far as relating back to current politics, he talked a lot about like God's war on on uh, on this earth. He was very evangelical mm-hmm. in that way, uh, very much like these people are. These QAnon people are very much like this is God's war. I this even the video we watched of the QAnon shaman he's he's walking in there with what they call the spear of destiny it's it's, a re- it's supposed to be a religious relic right uh, so that's where these people are coming from and bill mm-hmm. cooper also talked about like god's war uh against the uh, being against the illuminati and that you needed to be in, in the war uh on the side of christianity and all these things and i think that relate bill cooper that's how that relates back to it. another interesting thing i noticed we talked about in there he t- we kind of made fun of it at the time but he talked about underwater alien spacecraft and now a few weeks ago the right. government released video of a under- underwater alien spacecraft so he kind of was ahead yes. of the time on that <laughs> yeah. and also remember the yeah. is the israeli guy uh, 
Israeli government official who came out about this space treaty a few weeks ago? Yes. The yes, alien yes. space treaty? Well, he was talking about that also that. in the 90s. Yeah, treaty. Yeah. All right. I thought that was interesting, yeah. kind of relating it back to current I politics. I said it in podcast. Definitely. We said it in podcast that Bill Cooper was before his time. And it's kind of, like, strange how, like, I, I listened back to it, and, and I, I was thinking, like, it is very, very weird how a man that was so popular in the 90s, uh, early to, uh, 2000s, like, was so correct about politics in 2020. I don't think that he w was correct. I think he... Well, I mean, I don't think he predicted it. I think he is the godfather of it, and people are actually following him, or following his words, uh, even if ne they don't necessarily know it, right? Uh, maybe some of these people, like these QAnon people, have never even heard of Bill Cooper and don't even realize they're following a lot of the right. things he talked about, but they are. Um, I just think that's interesting that uh, it goes, like these, this idea ideas that he came up with all the way back in the 90s are are affecting 2021 and we talked about bill cooper episode 180 uh of this podcast in the main topic if anybody wants to go back and listen to it uh what year was that Do you know i i don't know i'd have to go back and look i didn't write that down okay um I have some other interesting things about about him that we didn't mention, though. Yep. Uh, he did predict his own death. That was kind of an interesting yes. point that we made in there. Uh, he talked about an alien that he met, Ebby the Alien. Remember this? Who he said yes. was the... <laughs> yeah. He said Ebby the Alien was uh, the actual, like, real-life uh, E.T., Steven Spielberg E.T., right? Right. Uh, is that the one thing that we missed covering this topic, do you think? That's a good question. Um, do you think we missed anything when you listen back to it? I guess I'll let you go first. Not, not really. I, I feel like we were kind of uh, on the point. Yeah, I don't think we really missed too much. I think the one thing we could have mentioned that I... I don't know if I've heard this since then or if I had heard it before, so it's hard to say whether we missed it or not. But there is a conspiracy theory that... Alex Jones is Bill Cooper that has just had a right. ton of plastic surgery done <laughs> and that Bill Cooper right. never died because, you know, conspiracy theory. Right. He would be very much dead now, I think, uh, with Alex Jones' uh, temper and everything. <laughs> right. Um, uh, has this changed, this covering of this topic, has this changed anything you see politics? religion, etc., people? Uh, I think everything's kind of changed uh, because of this, in a way. Uh, like mm. I said, it's weird to I see agree. the ripple effect of this one guy making a book uh, leading yeah. all the way up to, to Donald Trump becoming president, right? It, it almost feels mm. that way when oh, I yeah. look back through these three topics. Uh, I don't know I how, do, how you feel about that. No, I totally agree. I think I think that's one of the things that I I'll talk about it more when we talk about Alex Jones. But uh, that's definitely one of the things that has changed me politically. I would say is kind of like 
seeing how the 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 right uh, wing uh, sectic part of the Republican Party has kind of like taken a lot of like Bill Cooper's uh, thought and and twisted it into themselves. I think like I was thinking of this like would he be would he be a pizza gate guy like in would he be uh, uh, supporting pizza gate and I I was thinking to myself yes he pro- probably would like if he was alive during that time I think he would be a pizza gate guy so it's kind of weird how how he is as uh, near to Alex Jones as we come before Alex Jones even was Alex Jones. I think he created the framework for Alex Jones. He created the framework for all of these right-wing conspiracy groups, right? I agree. And, yeah. and that that kind of is his legacy in a way. Yeah. Um, I mean, we talked about his book, but we didn't mention the radio show. Uh, like, uh, Go back and listen to episode 180 main topic, and you can hear us talk more about the radio show and get deeper into actual the Bill Cooper stuff, but his radio show definitely was the precursor to Alex Jones's radio show, which then was a precursor to all these right-wing pundits that you see on YouTube and everywhere else. Uh, so, we have had some time since episode 180. Do you see this topic different now than when we originally covered it? Um, not really. I think no. just because it's so <laughs> such an old, because it was from yeah. the '90s, not much has changed about Bill Cooper. I just see right. uh, the people who I see the people who uh, are taking Bill Cooper's words differently than maybe I did a few years ago when we covered this. I totally agree. I also think that uh, because. Uh, I, I I do see the uh, this topic a little different because I see him as the grandfather of uh, uh, a lot of the things that has happened the last month, even like the the, the attack on Capitol. Like right, just to a certain degree, we can say that Bill Cooper was involved with that. Even it's kind of weird. Well, not involved, so but like he influenced right. it. He influenced he, it. He influenced, yeah. From years and years ago, years ago, he yes. influenced it, right? So, was this a good main topic to cover or not? Um, I think it was good. It was good uh, at the time because it was entertaining, and I think it's important now because. Uh, it, it's something that if we hadn't done research on it, I don't think we would be able to connect it to the things that are happening now. I don't know. How do you, how do you well, feel about it? I, I totally agree. I, I have never heard about uh, Bill Cooper before we covered him in episode 180. Like I have, I had literally n- n- never read his book. I had, Absolutely nothing, Mike. So uh, you were you were the one that introduced him to me. So I I was very shocked when we got got through this. Like when I listen back to it, I, I hear I am a little like baffled. <laughs> right, I, because 
His book isn't that long, and we listened to it. It was no. only like a couple hours long of like an audio book. Um, and yes. pretty, it's a very, it's like you listen to it. And I think I said at the time, it's like a science fiction book, but people take it, it seriously. Is, yeah. Right. It's yeah, yeah. in that way. It's almost like strangely like Scientology in a way. Yeah. Uh, this episode 180 was from March 20th of 2019. Let's move on to Alex Jones, episode 248. Uh, the man that I have maybe changed my mind most about. I will talk about that a little later. But uh, what was? Uh, why did we talk about him? Uh, right. Uh, I mean, Alex Jones is. I mean, what what can we say about Alex Jones? Really, uh, <laughs> I, episode two forty eight um, was a lot later than we would have thought. But when I listened back to it, I realized like mm. we did it in a way where it was kind of like, how have we not talked about this before? Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we because we have talk, we talked about him about him without talking about him. We we have never had him as a main topic, but holy moly, we talked a lot about Infowars and things like that before that. Right, and we didn't end up doing it as a main topic until July of last year. Right. Um, yeah. I think we didn't because we had talked about him so much that I, it never really came yes. across our minds to do him as a main topic because he was always just there, I guess. Yeah. I think we can use that as an excuse. Let's use that as an excuse. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a good excuse. Yeah, but, uh, no, I agree. But, uh, that's definitely related to the current politics. I mean, um, I will say this, and I was—I will admit it once again. Uh, I think I have admitted it before. I, when they removed uh, Alex Jones from Spotify, and and uh, no, I think it was YouTube. YouTube it was. Uh, you said uh, you were against it, and I was very pro uh, removing Alex Jones from YouTube because I was like, yeah, we get—we need to get rid of this guy. And you, you said to me, just watch yourself. Now they will remove other voices. And I think I got that when they started removing other voices. You were 100% correct, and I was 110% uncorrect. So that's definitely one way I have changed my view on Alex Jones. Oh, right. Changed your view on Alex Jones. Uh, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I just... I, I've... Alex Jones has kind of disappeared. Oh, I guess I would want to say that Alex Jones has kind of disappeared from the most people's conscience. Co co mm -hmm. Conscience? Conscience. No, conscience. that's not right. Right. Uh, it's not that the, conscious, the word you're looking Consciousness. For. There we go. Uh, <laughs> consciousness. Yes. But, yes. but it's really not. Like, they removed him from the internet, but even in yeah. uh, the main topic when we did it, we kind of pointed out that, like, yes, he's been removed from the internet, and, like, the only place you can find him is on his website, but we found an article from mainstream media one per month for every month of the year for six months. So, mm -hmm. in a way, the mainstream media is keeping Alex Jones relevant, I realized, uh, after oh, listening back to this uh, this episode from six months ago. I could not uh, agree more. 
And I, I think that's one of the things that have kind of scared me about like I, I, I think I, I I like I said I've changed my mind about like batting him because I see that was a very bad move because like silencing him make makes him a martyr and that is what what he is. Like we we saw it like under a month ago when he was there uh, recording uh, uh, the riots and and he was even speaking like uh, before the riots on on uh, uh, in in uh, in uh, in the USA. Uh, so I, I I just think it is proven again and again that silencing him from uh, media platforms was a very 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 bad thing because it led directly into what I would call the conspiracy theory of Donald Trump. Like, if it wasn't for banning Alex Jones, I don't think... I This will maybe sound a little weird, but I don't think banning Alex Jones... Uh, I think that w- led to Donald Trump getting more popular. Uh, yeah, I think we pointed out in this... We read right off of his website at one point, in in this episode uh and said he even he said i'm not a businessman i'm a revolutionary that was right. his exact words and then yeah. lead that leads directly to seeing alex jones lead uh doing a speech right in front of the capitol uh yeah where he told people hey don't do anything violent but then he riled everybody up and then they went and did something right. violent right right i am 100 percent sure that he knew what he was doing. Uh, one thing that we missed covering this topic, I don't think we missed anything because we talked about, uh, I think maybe we should maybe focus a little more on how he uses his program uh, on selling products. We talked a lot about it, but maybe we didn't hammer it enough in that we I thought I thought we did a really good job of that, actually. I think the thing we okay. didn't talk enough about is his policies and kind of his politics. Like we, we talked a lot about his website and like how his business works, like how it, how Infowars works as a business. But I don't know if we got enough into kind of like what they cover and like how they cover it as like a, a news, uh, what do we, what do we call it? A a news station or whatever. News show. Yeah. There you go. Yes. Because it's definitely not news. Right, exactly. <laughs> Entertainment news thing. Yes, yes. Yeah, I, I feel like that was something we kind of missed, but I think at the time we were more covering InfoWars as like a business, and that's kind of what we were covering when we were doing it. Sure, yeah, definitely. Uh, and like I said, this has uh, definitely changed how I see people, politics and religion, etc. Uh, looking into Alex Jones through the years has definitely changed me. I think I, I have become more aware of uh, how fucking crazy the right-wing movement can be, thanks to... Thanks to Alex thanks Jones. To Alex Jones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that is a funny... A funny thank you, right? I mean, I, I just feel weird yeah. about all of it. It's like, um, Alex Jones is like this character where it's like he is clearly over the top and ridiculous, but 
is is it a character is it real it's like in between you you can't tell whether it's uh is it all character is it all pro wrestling or is it is some of it is there some legitimate does he really believe everything or does he only believe part of it is it all just to sell boner pills or you know what i'm saying yeah yeah or does he really believe this stuff and it's so it's so hard to no, you, you can't be inside his, his head, you know what I mean? And I wouldn't want to, because that would be nuts to be inside Alex Jones' head. I, I think Alex Jones is the closest we come to a religious leader without him leading a religion. <laughs> that is what I... Think. Right, and I think people would say that about Trump, right? Yeah, but I, th- I feel yeah. like maybe Trump is following Alex Jones just as much as anybody who's following right. Trump. Right, I definitely think so. And uh, yeah, uh, how do, do you see this topic different? Uh, now? I mean, uh, it was only six months ago, so really, I, so I, no, I don't. Really. Yeah, it was a good main topic. It was definitely a very good main topic. It was good. I mean, e- even in it, we had to point out we can't put this in the description of the show, and I even left it out of the right. description of this show, and I'm going to have to leave out yes. QAnon from the description of this show, because I just can't yes. put it in there, you know what I mean? You wrote Binfobors. Binfobors? Did I? I forgot about that, okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was Binfobors. Yeah. yeah, I think for this one, I'm just yeah. going to write, like, three main reviewing three main topics or something like that is how i'm going to do right. this one <laughs> right because we can't we can't have anything with q anon or uh, infowars alex, alex jones infowars none of those can be like yeah exactly we'll be kicked out of uh, soundcloud faster than we can well, I mean, maybe we wouldn't be, but, like, I'm not going to risk it. Yeah. But I think that's – that whole yeah. point we just made is, like, something that's changed yeah. because of these oh, – uh, because of Alex Jones and this topic is, like, now we have to look right. – everybody on YouTube, everywhere on the Internet has to look at what they say, what, what their title is, and, like, avoid saying those certain things. Remember, I mean, last year there was – and even now you hear it on YouTube, people just avoid saying the word – covid or corona because like right it'll get their channel demonetized or they'll get their yeah. video demonetized i mean yeah i will i will pl- plug in wait infowars.com <laughs> <laughs> okay uh episode 133 how the fuck did we cover this this early i think we covered it like as it was kind of happening you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, definitely. We covered it very much before it became mainstream. Oh, it was April... one hundred and thirty-three. Episode 130 was April 25th, 2018, is when we covered yeah. QAnon for the first yeah. time. Um, mm-hmm. I don't exactly remember why, like, how we found out about it. I remember hearing about it, like, on another podcast or on, like, a news... A, like a YouTube news show and being like, that's interesting topic. Um, and then going into, going into it and kind of, uh, being like, okay, we, we got to cover this. And even I remember, uh, at the time afterwards, after we did the show being like, man, that was like the most confusing main topic we've ever had to try to cover. <laughs> I do remember that. <laughs> because it was so confusing and there was so it much, was 
to cover, yeah. and there's so many different ins and outs, and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I listened back to the show that show, and I was like, we are prophetic sometimes. Uh, what is uh, the one thing about this that relates to current politics? Well, guess what? <laughs> Everything. <laughs> Everything in this episode relates to current politics. Absolutely everything. Yeah, I think that it. I think that we said at the time that it was kind of like an extension of fake news, like mm. the concept of fake news. Uh, it's kind of the meaning of QAnon was that there was fake news and that that they these people were going out there and trying to find their own information because they didn't believe what they, was being reported to them, right? So right. in that way, QAnon was like an extension of the idea of fake news that just went way off in this crazy direction about uh, child-raping, uh, satanic, uh, Illuminati, Hollywood elites, Right. Right. You know, I I, uh, I I just find it so surprising that we were so ahead of time. I just like it amazes me that we we talked about this this uh, at this time. Um, so, uh, what is one thing we missed when we talked about QAnon? You think? Actually, there's one thing. We missed. There was this guy who, actually, on on the internet, I think might be one, kind of a Bill Cooper esque uh, figure that a lot of these QAnon people see as a martyr that you've probably never heard of that we didn't talk about. Probably because we hadn't heard of him when we did this, but I've heard of him since. Is this guy named Isaac Cappy? Have you ever heard of this person? Okay. No. Apparently, he was a huge. Uh, Pizzagate kind of QAnon guy who I think he committed suicide or something, but he had put out a video oh. saying like, oh, they're going to come get me. I'm going to get killed for saying the things I've said. And then he died. And so all these people took it as, oh, this guy got killed by the deep state. I don't know. That that was something mm. we didn't cover at the time. I, I thought it was interesting. Mm. Okay. Um, has this changed uh, your view on politics, people, religion, and etc. Definitely. <laughs> I mean, uh, QAnon, I, I mean, talk about religious sect. I mean, that is definitely a religious sect. I mean, actually believing that uh, the Democrats are doing a pedophile ring in like 2021 and that it still is something they believe in is for me proof that it's a religious sect because they don't let anything like change their fucking mind. Yeah, it, it their whole thing at the time and they still talk about it is trust the plan. You got to trust mm -hmm. the plan and that the, trust the plan what that entails is faith. And faith is like a core a tenant of any type of religion, like you're saying, like you're saying. So what they're having is faith in the plan. You know what I mean? And that's what the, it all comes down to. It's like a cult. It's like a religion. Like like you're saying. Um, 
and I think that has a lot to do with why people want to be part of it, is it does feel like a religious, where, like, you feel connected to a whole other a group of people, and you feel like part of a movement and a group, right? Well, definitely. And I, I think that that, uh, that is what is so dangerous about closing down uh, QAnon websites is because you're not really closing them down. You're just creating an opportunity for them to hide another place where they will be either even harder to detect. I mean, we covered this two years ago or whatever. Um, yeah. Uh, let's see. Yeah, in 2018. So two and a half years ago. Um, yeah. Up until the last four months, how many times had you thought about us covering QAnon? None. Or uh, barely any, for me at least. Like, maybe at, right. maybe at one point we had talked about something related to that, and I'd been like, oh, we covered yeah. that. You know what I mean? We talked yeah. about that you know, on the podcast. Yeah. Like, like, just offhandedly mentioned that. And then for it to just become like the biggest thing, uh, the biggest thing since, ever? yeah, yeah, at least in America, one of the biggest things ever. I mean, it, I heard it said on another podcast this week. Uh, this last year, let alone the last six months, are going to be in textbooks for like the next forty years. Think, think about that. Mm. And I think QAnon yeah. is is definitely going to be in there. As like a referenced in those textbooks talking about everything that's happened. Uh, yeah. Do you see this topic different? <laughs> yes. Uh, no. So much different. When we covered... Yeah. <laughs> Holy God. We did that not. Was maybe. Go yeah. Ahead. That's 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 the topic that has changed the most of the three that we we have covered right now. It's definitely the one that has had uh, the most uh, movement. Of well, it had the most topics. time to change, obviously. That, I mean, that yeah. goes without saying. But, like, I sure. feel like um, we didn't take it seriously enough at the time. Like, when when I listen yeah. back to it, like, we, we did a good job of covering it, I feel like, for what yeah. we knew about it at the time. We talked about some yeah. of the stuff that had come out from Q and all these different things. Like, we actually read some of the Q uh, tweets and things like that. Um, mm -hmm. And I think we did a good job of that, but we made, we kind of made light of it in a sense that like at the time we took it as a joke. Like this is a stupid, well, silly, nobody really believes this. This Nobody's taking this, like some very small group of people on the internet are taking this seriously, but it's not like a serious thing. Cut we, to we, 2020, yeah. end of 2020, and now it it's being taken very seriously. <laughs> very seriously. Oh, de definitely. A little too seriously. <laughs> right, by everybody. Maybe being a little too, taken a little too seriously by both sides. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, I, I do think so. I think it's like, yeah, like I said, I think it's very dangerous to, like, that is one of the things, like, I, I learned about the Alex Jones thing, uh, is, like, never support uh, banning people, because it will always create a vacuum, it will always create something that is another thing that is more difficult to get a hold of. The other thing that, when we covered in, this in 2018, uh, Epstein mm -hmm. was still alive, 
Okay. <laughs> and that was a big like, catalyst to yeah. a lot of people moving in and oh, starting to believe the Q thing because yeah. they made the connection, okay, look, there's this guy, Epstein, who actually is a child rapist, uh, child yeah. trafficker, who's connected to all these powerful people. I think that right. Epstein was the missing piece that maybe even made, like... The missing link. He was the missing link where, like, all these people, there was a small group that we saw that believed in it. And when the Epstein thing happened, that made all these other people uh, go, okay, maybe this isn't as crazy as we thought. And maybe that was kind of a missing piece, like, a bigger of a missing piece than, uh, than than I'm even thinking of it, really. You know what I mean? Like, maybe that is the big thing that, like the news should be talking about and everybody should be talking mm-hmm. about like these people started believing it because Epstein di- died. Right. Yeah. Oh, definitely. So was this a good uh, topic to cover or not? I'm a, I have mixed feelings on this one. I feel like it was good, yeah. but at the same time, I feel like it's something that, in six months, we could find out that they're threatening to delete our SoundCloud for. <laughs> I definitely agree. I don't regret it in any way, right? Shape no. or form. I stay. I stand for everything that we said in that podcast. We didn't say anything weird, but uh, I totally agree. Like from a perspective where we could definitely lose our podcast because of it we should probably have not have covered it but like like no that was more of a joke than anything yeah yeah. nobody's going to direct how we cover things okay uh final thoughts uh listening back to the q thing uh apparently he was we we read off one of his tweets and he was apparently right about the steel dossier being fake uh yeah which I remember that. was i thought that was interesting uh yeah we covered five g shirts on the alex jones podcast that was kind of interesting mm. that he was fully on board with that i thought that was an interesting thing uh, yeah yeah uh i think overall looking back at these episodes anybody who's interested in seeing what why everything has happened the way it's happened in the last four to six months, go back and watch or listen to these three main topics. And I think you'll kind of have a better, clearer understanding of the mentality of the people who stormed the Capitol. Do you think that's a fair statement? I think that's a very fair statement. And I, I think the statement goes like that. I, I, I can sign that declaration. We have an email address. I said it before, but it is another digital citizen at gmail.com. It is another digital citizen at gmail.com. We have a Twitter account. It's at podcast ADC, at podcast ADC. You can follow us and be like over a thousand and eleven people that has also followed us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, we have a Facebook group. It's another digital citizen on Facebook. If your name is Jeremy <laughs> and you write a comment underneath 
this episode that you're listening to, we will definitely write it out next episode. Uh, we will also uh, write it out uh, if your name isn't Jeremy. But uh, the chances of your name being Jeremy and reading out your comment is very high because Jeremy is the only one that does it. <laughs> <laughs> has he done it this week? Uh, no. No, he has not. No. No. How dare he? <laughs> no, it's fine. He, Whatever. He who complained that we didn't record our podcast uh, fast enough last week. I oh, mean, I listen to a bunch of podcasts, and how many podcasts actually even take comments anymore nowadays? Like, back in the day when we listened to podcasts, every podcast would take letters yeah. and things like that. But most podcasts nowadays, they don't even take uh, emails or anything like that. So We do. We definitely do. Like... We we a hundred and ten percent do right. Yeah, proven by that we read every fucking comment, even if you write like pussy underneath. <laughs> sure, like okay, we won't we know what that means, and we'll probably make fun of you. Sure, but you yes. could do that. But we will read. We will. We will read it out loud. <laughs> uh, Move around. Hey, Christopher Nolan. You remember him, right? Uh, director of very good movies and Steve McQueen also director of very good movies uh, part of the US UK no, sorry uh, ooh, well, they almost killed me there uh, part of the UK petition to save movie theaters good luck boys it says more than 40 directors and Hollywood personalities including Christopher Nolan Steve McQueen and Ridley Scott uh, I think Ridley Scott should have probably been in the headline of this article, but whatever. Uh, yeah. Have I mean, signed their... He's, he's bigger than Steve McQueen. In I my opinion. Than... Sure. Yeah, he's not bigger than Christopher Nolan, but he's bigger than Steve McQueen. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, they have signed their names to a petition calling on the UK Chancellor Rishi Sunak to provide funding for struggling, struggling movie theaters. We recognize the support that the government has already been able to provide, the group says, but fear that this will not be enough. Uh, the petition says Never that enough. theaters are standing on the edge of an abyss and they need support to ensure future generations can enjoy the magic of cinema. Yeah, like I said, good luck, boys. <laughs> I think this is interesting because we saw a few, maybe two months ago, we talked about how the UK is opening up, like, Hollywood-style um, mm. movie uh, production studios. Is mm. the UK going to become the new Hollywood? Hollywood. That, right? Yeah, that could be interesting. Like it, yeah. it seems like they're shifting a lot, that's for sure. Yeah, that would be interesting. I mean, I can think of a... Who would play Boris Johnson in a movie? Oh, I know exactly who it is. Uh, 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 what's his name? Uh, he was on the real-life uh, reality show. Jeez. Uh, um, talk about something else. I'll find out. <laughs> Bad? <laughs> no. Oh. Uh, I've seen a movie this week, uh, since you asked. Uh, I've seen, actually, two movies. One... Pretty good movie, and one definitely not so good. Uh, let's talk about the one that was definitely not as good as the other one. Uh, outside of 
uh, no, outside the wire. I almost uh, added the word there. Outside the wire. Uh, have you heard about this movie? No. Uh, neither did I. Uh, oh, okay. I just saw, saw it was on, on Netflix, so I was like, yeah. Uh, I mean... I'm I'm very like I, I I think I think I I I I have heard about like the plot of it is very like uh, generic. I I should talk to you a little about it, but it's it is it is a, like this science fiction movie. Uh, it is directed by Michael Hofstrom. That is one of my uh, one of the best uh, uh, Swedish directors I know of. But uh, it is uh, with Anthony Mackie. You remember him, sure. Well, the name sounds uh, familiar, but I can't put a face to it for some reason. Yeah. Okay, but you, yeah, and uh, he plays this uh, drone pilot that is trying to stop a like global catastrophe, and that's more or less. Oh. Uh, the movie. That sounds interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Lower your expectations, oh, there, okay. Mister. <laughs> yes, because uh, the plot I- plot is very interesting. I mean, it, it is. We are in like twenty thirty six in the civil war in the Ukraine. Look, there's very much propaganda in this movie. There is so much propaganda in this movie that I have no clue how they fucking like got away with it. It's just like. It, it it packs enough action to to keep the keep me like interested, but it isn't like I'm going to remember the movie later. At right. All. It's very very forgettable. It's like action 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 action, and there's absolutely no death in in it at all. It's just like a very. It is a very like Netflix movie of the week thing with sci-fi. Oh, okay. Did you give it a score? <laughs> no, I will give it a five point five. It's oh, very generic. Very, very in the middle. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking of Gary Busey. Gary Busey. <laughs> of course, <laughs> he would be the perfect. Boris Johnson. Oh, Boris Johnson. That would be a perfect one. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, I think he could pull That's, it off. He's okay, got the hair. Have you seen? Uh, well, oh, I went sorry. to see a, a movie. I was like, oh, uh, the movie got added to Hulu, and I was like, oh, that was a movie I really wanted to watch last year. And I checked my list of yeah. movies from last year that I really wanted to see, and I was like, I'll go watch this movie rhythm section that got added to Hulu. And then I watched the oh. first five minutes and went... Wait, I watched this movie already. <laughs> this is what happens when you see over a hundred movies in a year. <laughs> and it's not that good a movie. <laughs> no, I got through the first five minutes and went, "Oh yeah, this movie's not good." Um, no, but the movie I really, one of the movies I really saw was The Midnight Sky that I saw this week. Ah, uh, cool. It's about. Uh, well, it's kind of got a twist ending, so I don't want to ruin that. But it's about a, no. a future where we can travel. Like humans have the ability to travel travel between planets, like in between 
the mm-hmm. moon of Jupiter and Earth. You can travel back and forth or whatever. And we're exploring, and it's about one person who's on a base on a planet, and then it's about another group of people who are in this spacecraft traveling back and forth between there. And they're trying to communicate with each other, but for some reason, communication is down. I think that's... It's a futuristic sci-fi type thing. That's the best way to put it without um, ruining anything. It's kind of got an interesting twist ending. Very interesting. And who plays the lead role, Luke? Uh, Right, uh... What's his name? Uh, George Clooney. Uh, Felicity George Jones Clooney. is in this. Uh, Kyle Chandler. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Ethan Peck is in this. It's got a bunch of really good actors. Uh, it's a pretty good movie. As the acting's very, very good. It's a little slow, um, but it's trying to go for a kind of a very um, somber feel to it uh, the whole time. Um, oh. And in that way, it's it's good. But then it also has some interesting action scene action in the way where like. Oh no! Our spacecraft is about to explode. Type action scenes. You know what I mean? There's one scene where they go through an asteroid field, uh, asteroid belt, and they have to kind of try to avoid things. It's got those action scenes built into it. Um, overall, right. I'm gonna give it a. I'll give it a seven. The the thing why I, I was so in, enthusiastic for people that doesn't know I haven't seen this movie. Right. <laughs> and I I, I waited. To look see this movie, so 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 he could recommend it for me or not. And a seven sounds like I should watch it. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, let's see. IMDb gave it a five point six out of ten. Um, mm-hmm. Rotten Tomatoes has got a fifty one percent. So they've they've got it super in the middle. I I guess I kind of agree. I thought the acting was what held this movie up. It, it's very slow. Is the thing that holds it back. Mm. I also. Uh, did, oh yeah, did you see yeah. anything else? Yeah, I did. I saw a movie called Sightless, also on uh, the Netflix. Mm-hmm. This is a 2020 movie. Uh, it is a psychological thriller. I really like this. It hasn't gotten that good reviews. 5.4 on mine to be uh, but yeah um, how, how so it is about this girl called Elle uh, uh, that is uh, uh, a former violinist and uh, she has lost her fi- uh, uh, sight and she's scared by a guy okay and uh, and she starts out like uh, pointing out oddities in her apartment, such as the window that she can hear outside, uh, repeating alarm clocks and things like that. So everything is like there. There's something going on, but you're not sure what it is. If it is her imagination, or if it's her kind of like uh, getting uh, like uh, visions because she kind of got this, uh, uh, how, how should I call it without spoiling the movie? Uh, like uh, visions, or or if she's completely crazy, and. 
uh, yeah. I just think you should really, 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 really watch this, Luke. Because I really, really, really don't want to spoil it anymore. Other than that it has some supernatural elements, but also kind of not. And... Uh, I, I yeah, I just really like this movie. I am actually going to give it a nine point five out of ten. I really, really like this movie. Cool. Uh, yeah. Speaking of Christopher Nolan, I saw Tenant this week. Oh, that movie I have seen. Did you see it backwards or forwards? <laughs> <See what's laughs> <coming>. uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Um. Yeah. Honestly, a little bit predictable. Like, in the first a little. 20 minutes, I went, oh, this is going to be how yeah. the movie ends. Uh, yes. And I was right. So, in that way, maybe it's just because it felt like, okay, this is what they're going to try to go for, because I had yeah. heard kind of the idea of the plot before, so in that way, maybe yeah. I'd spoiled it for myself. Um but the acting's very good. It's very interesting. It's a little convoluted in points where it's like, okay, that little <laughs> that really doesn't add up. If you were to do those things in rever- in reverse, how would that, you know, how would those things, uh, yeah, impact the regular everything going this way while it's going th- whatever? I mean, you have to suspend can I, disbelief, can I just say, suspend dis- yeah. disbelief quite a bit to like uh, to watch this film, but. It's okay. still fun. I'd give it an 8.5. It has one of the best villains in a long, 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 long time. No. Don't you think he's the best villain ever? I just love him as a villain. I, 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 I didn't so... think he was that. I mean, I thought he was like the standard... Uh, he felt like a standard James Bond Russian bad guy to me. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think maybe maybe because I'm so used to Kenneth Branagh being a nice guy, it was very nice to see as a, a change of pace. Sure, I I didn't yeah, I didn't make yeah. that connection. I just was kind of like, um, oh, he's the evil Russian behind everything. That's it's what it looked like to me. Pretty standard, you know. I've seen a million movies with the evil Russian character, so. I liked it though. Okay, but eight point five—that is actually higher than I than I gave it. So, I just uh, the acting was very good. Um, I mean, yeah. maybe it's that I've seen a lot of t- worse movies in the last year, but yeah, yeah. I think yeah, I give it an eight. It is—it is a very good movie. It's just like it's very confusing, and I think I—I uh, I, I got more of it when I watched it another uh, the second time. It definitely is a movie you'd uh, want to watch twice, and I think oh, one thing about it is, uh, I wouldn't even call it confusing. I'd call it convoluted because it feels just like yes, it's trying to be con- confusing on purpose, which I would say is convoluted. <laughs> yeah. Without destroying anything about uh, the ending and so on, I really liked the ending, though. The ending was super cool. Yeah, yeah, it's just, I, I kind of knew that that was what, what was going to happen, It, but uh, sure. it's still, it happening was cool, I guess is the point, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I saw one more thing. Uh, okay. It's called One Night in Miami. 
Okay. It's a it's a fictional telling of a meeting between Malcolm X, uh, okay. Muhammad Ali, Jim Brown, okay. like the football player, okay. and Sam Cooke, yeah. like the the uh, musician. Right, the mm- saxophonist or whatever. Yeah, guitar player, I think. Yeah, uh, singer, guitar player, something like that. He, it's a fictional meeting of them coming together after Muhammad Ali, the night that Muhammad Ali wins the world title. They oh, have, Royal in the jung, Jungle thing? Rumble yeah. in the Jungle? Yeah, what was the guy, Sonny Liston, that he beat? Uh, yeah. Yes, yes, uh, yes. It's a fictional account of them meeting up to talk about the role of um, successful black men in the time period of, like, the civil rights movement, like the Muhammad Ali, oh, like, cool. uh, the time period of, you know, uh, Malcolm X and that stuff. And it's totally Is a, f- a fictional account. It's not something, like, it's not something that actually happened, so it's all just made up, but it's interesting right. in the sense that um, it kind of relates... The, that, those that time period to this time period, or, or is trying to, it seems like. Is it a little Quentin Tarantino time change thing kind of thing, like no. alternative? No, this is no? no, this is just all in that time period, and it's just a, it's an, it's a, it's like a, it's a piece where they're, it's mostly just them in a hotel room talking about stuff, uh, talking okay. about the issues yeah. of the time and talking about. Uh, their issues as like successful black men and the issues they face with uh, their career and uh, you know uh, being being rich in that time period as a black person you know uh, oh, yeah. and still being treated as unequal even though you're just as good if not better than some people around right. you right yeah wasn't that be good. I thought it was good. I'd give it um an eight. Um, you know, okay. it, it it's more um emotional. It, it's not. It shouldn't be treated as like an educational piece. It's more of like an emotional uh, reaction to like the idea of these men meeting up together. Um, uh, it's got what ninety eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes, so seven point three out of ten on IMDb. I think it's one worth watching. Oh. It came out end of last year oh on christmas it came out um it's the acting is very very good it it definitely up there for the acting i wouldn't be surprised if we see this win some awards for sure oh cool yeah well let's talk about another i'm sure oscar nominated movie the marksman Oh, I know him. Out there in the Liam Neeson. Nowhere. By yourself. The cartels are running everything through there. Drugs, people. Is this... I don't see This is the movie I've seen, right? I've seen dogs. What do you mean? He's the best dog in the world. And I've seen what we can do. I've seen this movie. Pima County Merchants Bank. Let you know that the ranches be sold at auction. I just need a little time to Isn't sort Isn't this the movie I've seen? I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, the two children that comes. Yeah, I've seen this movie. How could you have seen this movie? Well, you saw this movie this week. It just came out this week. I was in the Marine Corps. Oh, I just seen the trailer. 
Ah, okay. My orders are to take them back with me. I was like, this really, really, really looks like something I've seen. Familiar, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like... Sir. Actually, this is the exact, almost the exact plot of Coyote. You're not safe here. It's really, oh. really close to the same the plot line. I, I, uh, I know why I think I've seen this before. I saw an honest thief not long time ago. Did you, do you remember I talked about that? Uh, sure, yeah. When he does, and he plays the exact his same kind of character. Like it, it is, it is almost. It looks very much like that movie. Someone to give him a chance. Do you think I'll like it in Chicago? There are good times ahead for you, Miguel. You should learn something. No. I like Damien Neeson. I think he's uh, a good actor. Yeah, uh, this looks like yeah. a bad movie, though. Yeah. I think Taken is very much underrated. I don't think it's underrated. I mean, I'll I just think it's me. <laughs> a lot of people give it a lot of shit that doesn't deserve. I think it's good. I just think it's a meme because of the, you know, the yeah one scene I in it. Take. Yeah. Yes. I will find you. Yeah, that, uh, that looks uh, super generic. That that trailer. <laughs> it does. But uh, what is this Oscar-nominated movie all about? Things. The marksman, Jim, is a former Marine who lives a solitary life as a rancher along the Arizona-Mexican border, but his peaceful existence soon comes crashing down when he tries to protect a boy on the run from members of a vicious cartel. This is literally the plot for a Coyote. <laughs> <laughs> it's got 6.5 out of 10 on IMDb, 34% on Rotten Tomatoes, 5 out of 10 on IGN? They do movies? Okay. Uh, and 90%. IGN? Yeah. 90% of Google users liked it. Cool. I went to Rotten Tomatoes uh, because uh, that was the only way I, I couldn't find any Google one. I always go to the verified audience uh, thing. Sure. Uh, so let's go through a very shitty re uh, review and a very good review. We take the good one first. And this is all in capitals, by the way, okay? But I'm not going to scream. Okay. We loved the action, and the movie was easy to follow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's, it's simple. Okay. All right. It's simple. Also, the characters were very easy to become interested in their journey. That is all in capital letters. Why would you put that in cap? Well, I mean, they probably just accidentally did it in caps. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I guess so. Uh, <clears throat> the cliffhanger at the end was sad. Did Liam die? Did he live? Okay. So there's a cliffhanger at the end. Oh. Uh, and uh, Paul gave it one star and said, Farfetch, illogical nonsense. Not enjoyable. <laughs> I like that. Farfetch, illogical nonsense. That's kind of what it looked like to me. Uh, yeah, sounds like me. Farfetched, illogical nonsense. Um, I went to the Facebook. Let's see, should I do bad or... Let's do bad first this time, because 
all the bad ones mm-hmm. had a very similar uh, point they were trying to Why? make. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all of them were coming from a, a right-wing pro-Second Amendment stance because apparently oh, yeah. Liam uh, Neeson is a- anti-gun because everybody was saying things like this. Scotty Bill says, lame, same shit, different name. Funny how anti-gun actors can only make money with a toy gun. Philip Neff says, another woke <laughs> Hollywood liberal elite who hates guns but has no problem making money off movies where he portrays characters that use lots of oh. guns. There were reams of these. I could have found like 25, 30 of these uh, same kind of comments on the Facebook page. But Andrew Rio says, I took my son to see it today. We both loved it. Another great film by Liam. A very emotional movie. Laura Henning says, great movie, classic uh, Liam with a, with kind of a Clint Eastwood feel. I'd recommend it, she says. Mm. I didn't get a Clint Eastwood feel off this. I don't know about you. <laughs> no, it could remind me a little of Al Camino, maybe. Oh, because of the cowboy hat, maybe this is what she's talking yeah. about. I get it. Yeah. yeah, right. He is a little grayer than he normally is in movies as well in this, it seemed like. So maybe that's where she's making the connection. But he didn't say, I will find your daughter. <laughs> I will find you. He didn't say, get off my lawn. He didn't say that either. <laughs> All right, other movies coming that came out, I guess, last week, supposedly. Uh... MLK slash FBI, uh, based okay. on newly declassified files, Sam Pollard's r- film, Sam Pollard's film, explores the U.S. government's surveillance and harassment of Mar- Martin Luther King. Uh, that sounds interesting. It's a documentary, obviously. IFC Films, 99% on Rotten Tomatoes, 6.9 out of 10 on IBB, 82% on Metacritic, 77% of Google users liked it. Cool. Uh, also coming out, uh, American Skin. American Skin is an American drama film written and directed by Nate Parker. It stars Parker, Omar Hedwig, Theo Rossi, Shane Paul McKinney, Maloney Jackson, and Bo Knapp. This film was world premiered at the film F- Venice Film Festival. September 1st, 2019, 93% of Google users liked it, 5.5 on IMDb, uh, 29% on Rotten Tomatoes. All right, which movie of these three movies, I guess, that came out, do you do we want to see most from? I don't really know, to be honest. Well, what do you feel? I'm thinking the documentary, the MLK FBI thing, that sounds pretty interesting. Yeah. That is potential to be, like, have a lot of juicy info in it. It, it, it definitely has uh, the best, uh, like, I, I think that would be the best of those. I agree. Um uh, I think the I think the other one would be American Skin, to be honest, because the marksman sounded awful. Yeah, that looks just well. I mean, not off like it doesn't look like B movie awful, but it just looked boring. Uh, AudibleTrial.com forward slash another digital citizen. That's AudibleTrial.com forward slash another digital citizen. Go get a free trial and a free book, a uh, thirty day trial. Keep the book yeah. even if you cancel. Uh, 
your subscription to Audible. You won't be charged, and you get to keep the book, and it helps us out, so go do it. Uh, and uh, a reminder, uh, the book of the month is Eye of the... <laughs> I almost said Eye of the Tiger. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Eye of the Tiger. It's the Trail of the Night. It's the Eye of Time <laughs> by Robert Jordan. So, yeah, we will talk about that later. Later. It's a good book, by the way. It's a long time since I've seen it. Um, okay. Uh, next week, uh, we will talk about news of the week, as we do every week. We will do episode six of The Stand. I really, really, really hope it's as good as last week. Um uh, we will have another digital review of Psycho Gorman. That sounds like a movie that you made up. <laughs> I, that's what I thought too. I mean, I pick these the movies <laughs> when I do them. I pick them way in advance, and I just I looked at this one and I was like, "That can't be real." Did I really write that down? So I actually had to go double check and make sure this was an actual movie that was coming out. Yeah, uh, it's real. How is that real? You'll see next week. It, it it's. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you seen the trailer for me? No, I've only seen the poster, actually, and just from the poster of the movie, I went, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> then we will maybe, probably, kind of, possibly, uh, flat, earth, <laughs> flat earther called uh, David Weiss. He is, he is booked to be on next week. We don't really know if you will show up. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. if not, maybe we'll just, I don't know, do something else talk random. Something else. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> we'll do something. Talk, talk about how most, much uh, Katniss Everdeen never had the brooch on her. <laughs> on, on her jacket? Right. <laughs> Me and Luke were looking for pictures of that. Did you read the books by any chance? The whatever. The yeah, hundred? I did. Yeah. Maybe yeah. in what I'm thinking is maybe in the books it said that she had it on, right? And so you connect it in your brain, right? Does it? Is this making sense at all? Mm, I guess maybe. I wonder if the. I wonder if this is like a Shazam thing, where like if we went to a whole bunch of people that had seen it, and they'd all be like. Yeah, she has a brooch on, right? You know, like a yeah Mandela effect thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. That would be interesting to look into. I right. guess. I don't know how you would Maybe do that. We'll... If anybody else out there remembers, what is the girl's name <laughs> from Hunger Games? Katniss Everdeen. If you remember her having a brooch on. Oh my God! I found a picture. You found a picture. Okay. <laughs> I found a picture. Okay. I mean, we were searching for, what, like, ten minutes, something like that, for a picture of her? Yeah. I finally found it, and they made a meme uh, about how much it looks. I will send it to you after the podcast. Okay, uh, have you anything in the Jeremy Round? Because we're definitely not in the Jeremy Round talking about the Katniss Everdeen symbol. I mean, we can be. Go in, like, find that, and I'll talk about uh, Helen Keller not being real, apparently, on TikTok. Um, what? Helen Keller not being real? There's like a, I don't know if it's a joke. I'm pretty sure it's all just a big joke what? that like people are say, saying she isn't real because uh, 
Nobody, nobody could have done all the things she did with, with, with her disabilities. Oh. <laughs> That's what the, this this big. I don't know if it's a joke or a, a bunch of really. Kind of- ignorant like horrible people but it's that's what's happening on the internet right now it's that's kind of no it's not racist uh, oh definitely not no it's just it's ableist i think is what it's called yes yes suggesting that you can't do something because of your disability yeah but i think they're suggesting that it's all just a big conspiracy that uh she never existed and that the government invented her so that uh we would think that uh, I don't know why. Why would the government invent her? I don't know. <laughs> it, that's why I think it's all uh, probably just a big TikTok joke. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, look, I can send the, the image on Skype, so I sent it to you on email on another digital system. <laughs> what? How could you not send it? What's, what? Okay. Uh, I don't know. That's weird. Yeah. Uh, I sent it as an email. Okay. Um... Uh, I will talk about Frenemies, since we were kind of talking about that before. Uh, I I really, really like this episode of Frenemies. I think it's maybe their best. Is that even a real so picture? Yeah. It looks like a painting. <laughs> Doesn't it? Yeah, it's from the movie. Yeah, it, it does. Yeah, that's weird. But okay. there, there, there you can see that it, it totally looks uh, as the brooch. Uh, I think it's a bit of a stretch, to be honest, but sure. Uh, A stretch, really? I mean, one's really tiny and in a circle, and the other one's a gigantic, hideous, like, just, it's like the size of an actual bird. (laughs) It looks, also Uh, looks like it's made of paper mache and spray painted, but sure. Uh, Luke will post this picture and on 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 uh, Twitter, and you can discuss it there, audience. If I, I am right, that says it looks exactly like uh, the Katniss Everdeen, or if Luke is right, I think definitely Lady Gaga was inspired by Katniss Everdeen. To be honest with you, I I think so. Okay. Yeah. Hey, uh, uh, Frenemies, yeah, I talked a little about it. Uh, I, uh, like I said, I think it was their best episode so far. Have you seen it yet? Uh, yeah. Well, I listened to it. Um, yeah. I mean, it was fine. I didn't think, I think, I think it was, you know, a decent episode. I actually don't really remember it. So I'm, I'm not going to say it was the greatest ever, but I thought it was, okay. I thought it was good. I really liked it. Uh, and what did else? they talk about? Remind me what they talked about. Uh, oh, they talked about how Trisha was bullied. Oh, right, that whole thing. Yeah, okay, yeah. That yes. was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that's what I liked about it. Like, it was very good to see how Eaton uh, protected her. It feels like they have a, like, brother, uh, brother-sister relationship. Right, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything else that you have uh, on the agenda? Uh, no, I, not really. Let's see. Yeah, we talked. T- I talked about that. I talked about that. Nope. Let's wrap it up. No? Let's wrap it up then. Uh, from the north of Away, my name is Fro. From the US, my name is Luke. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Citizen.